Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to continue on in this series. And uh, the, the character quality that we're going to look at today is um, the danger is it's so every day that we can humanize it and we lose the supernaturalness of it. And uh, we overuse this word good, right? My day is good. How is your peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Good. Some of you are saying there is no good peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? I get that. Your kids, kids come home from school or from camp. How was it? What do they say? Good. And then your follow-up is, um, can you expound on that? And what do they say? It was very good. And so we kind of use that word, you know. Uh, we talk about the pizza being good. We talk about uh, the weather being good or not being good. And the danger is that we lose perspective on what goodness really means. And so in Galatians chapter 5, let me read through these uh, qualities again and again. The emphasis, the emphasis is not on the qualities, not on the fruit. The Spirit of God produces these fruit as we walk with him. We focus on one person, and that's the Spirit of God. And when we focus on him, he will produce these fruit uh, together. And so here's what it says. Um, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. And so as we talk about goodness, one of the kind of the, the bottom line is, is that goodness can only flow from a heart that's been transformed by Jesus Christ. So the world can do good things, right? They can help the little old lady across the street. You know, we use that as anybody can do that. Well, goodness is more than that. Goodness is more than just doing a good deed or a good task. Because goodness has to come from a heart that's being transformed by Jesus Christ. It comes from him. It's not something that we can just do in and of ourselves. And so, uh, you know, as we step back, you know, think about this. Think about goodness. Because the truth is, only God is good. The scriptures talk about that. And what does that mean? It means that only God is perfect. Only God is clean. Only God has the right motivation behind everything that he does all the time. There's a purity to goodness. Or maybe to put it another way, goodness is really about what is beneficial, what is, what is helpful, what is helpful. And so as we step back and we think, the beginning of the scriptures, you know, what, what, what does it say? In Genesis 1, as God created, there's this rhythm 
you know, going back, we, we looked at Genesis in the beginning of the year, that God made light, and then what did he say? It was good. After everything that he created, he says it is good. What was he saying? He's basically saying this is beneficial. This has purpose. This has meaning. What I do is good. And so we see that rhythm until what does he say is not good? To be alone. Absolutely. And again, he creates marriage, but aloneness is more than just being married or not being married. And again, remember, Adam had a relationship with God. And so it was not diminishing that relationship at all. What God basically wanted is he wants our relationship with him to be shared with others. And so that's what he says. It, it is not good. And that is still true today. It is not good for us to live in isolation. And you know what? We can be in a room full of people but still be alone because um, connection is more than just physical. It's about our heart. Are we letting people into what's going on? Are we letting people into our thoughts? Are, are, we, are we sharing our lives? And so God says uh, community is good. And so I'm just going to hit a couple uh, examples here. Um, you know, and again, in keeping this theme, that only God is good. And you remember the story of uh, Jesus, that, um, the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read this story. Uh, comes up to Jesus, and what does he say to him? He says, good teacher, and Jesus takes that and helps him to see that he, he, he had clouded thinking. And so Mark chapter 10, look in verse 17. And as he was setting about on his journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And look at Jesus' response. Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. See, God is the one who defines goodness. Because only he is perfect. Goodness isn't just doing an act every once in a while or 70% of the time. That's, goodness is about 100%. And there's only one person that does it 100%, and that's God. And so Jesus turns the question on him. In verse 9, uh, no one is good except, uh, except God alone. Verse 19, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And so what is he basically saying? I've been very obedient. But you know what? It kind of begs a question. Something was missing in his life or he wouldn't be coming to Jesus and asking about eternal life. If he, if he had confidence in his relationship with God, he wouldn't be asking Jesus, what do I need to do for eternal life? He's asking the question because something was going on in his heart. And Jesus Christ knew what was going on in his heart. And his next question was going to reveal what was really going on 
in his heart. And look what he says. Verse 20, and he said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. Verse 21, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And so what was Jesus inviting him to do? Jesus was inviting him to sacrifice it all. And what was, what was the rich young ruler really wrestling with? That's too great a price to pay. What he was really saying is, you know what? His lifestyle, his riches, if, it was, if he was going to have to give them up for the living God, that's, I can't do that. And what was really at the heart of what he was saying? The heart really is, he really didn't believe God's goodness was good enough for him over his stuff. And the scripture says he, he walked away disheartened. Because he knew things about God, but he wasn't really willing uh, to go there. He didn't really believe that God's goodness was greater than all his belongings. And so we see that. Turn back to uh, Psalm chapter 16. Or you can just, uh, David says this about, his, about God's goodness. Because again, just this theme that only God is good. We get it in our relationship with him by knowing him. 16 verse 1, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. There is no goodness apart from God. That's what David is saying here. Only God is good. And so, turn over to 1 Peter. I want to look at another verse, you know, that only God is good. Well, he also offers good news to us. 1 Peter chapter 1. Here's what he says. Verse 10, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. So only God is good. The good news of salvation through Jesus Christ is good news because that's the way our hearts can be changed from spiritual blindness to spiritual aliveness. From being dead to being, having eternal life. And so that's what Peter is saying here, that this news is good. And what makes it good? Because it's available to everyone. It doesn't matter what your social status is. God's good news is available to you. It doesn't matter your age. Does God offer any more forgiveness 
to any human being? No. His good news is the same for everyone. It's available to everyone. Whoever puts their faith in Christ, their heart can be changed. Their sins can be forgiven. That is good news. It's, it's available and it's beneficial to everyone. Now, will everyone receive that? No. Some will say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't want God's help. I, I don't need his help. I don't want it. My life is A-OK without him. And God says, you, that's okay. I mean, if that's what you want to choose. But when every human being stands before God, they will all say, we will all say the same thing. God's good news was available. It was available. I can't play the victim card and say, you know what? Well, God, you didn't let me know. He did. He made it very clear. And so God's news is good. It's beneficial to those that put their faith in Christ. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 2. And talking about good works. Again, we don't have time. This whole passage really is really talks about the gospel. And then in the very end, what's, what's the place of good works? Good works flow from a heart that's being transformed by Jesus Christ. That's what he says here in verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're his workmanship. That word there is we are his masterpiece. We are his poem that he is in process of writing. And God is transforming us. And as he changes and transforms us, he uses us. Good works flow from a heart that's being transformed by the gospel. It's not just what you do in your flesh. Well, I'm going to go help somebody because I think it's just a good thing to do. No, God, it's walking in the spirit of God. And as we walk in the spirit, we walk with God. He opens our eyes. He prompts us. He moves us. He helps us to see our circumstances from God's vantage point. Those are good works. They come out of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And so we see that. I think here is another passage, Romans chapter 8. I think this is probably a familiar verse to all of, a lot of us. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. This idea of goodness. And again, Romans chapter 8 is all about the the role of the Holy Spirit in our, in our life. And so verse 28, he says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. See, this is part of God's goodness, that he can take difficulty and trials and, and hardship and, and suffering, and he can take that and he orchestrates it to make us more like Christ. And so that's what he's saying here. Now, we need the Holy Spirit to see God's goodness in that process. Or else we'll look and say, you know what? 
ooh, this isn't, this isn't feeling too good. The Spirit of God opens our eyes to see, to see how God is using our difficulties to make us more like Christ. And whether that's something physical, maybe it's a relationship, um, different ways that, that are there. I mean, an example of this, um, uh, you know, this morning, uh, well, actually, uh, Leah, um, I talked to her this morning. She's actually in Taiwan uh, this morning. And uh, she went there because one of her classmates has some, what's the name of the disease? Wilson's disease. And, um, and she basically, she's from Taiwan. She needed to go home. Um, to get some doctor's care, and, and she needed someone to go along with her. And so uh, Leah was able to go along uh, with her because she just doesn't have the strength to be able to do what it takes to, to get home. And so, um, you know, and so here, and again, just sharing that as in um, walking alongside someone who is going through a difficulty to, to be their help, to sacrifice, you know, that... Leah went with her, and she's not able to be at school now to, to do the things that are there. It takes sacrifice to be involved in that. God has a habit of working in the midst of our hardship. And it takes the Spirit of God to see God's goodness when life doesn't feel so well. And so that's what he's saying here. So one last verse here, um, Romans 15. The end of uh, the book of Romans. This is what uh, Paul says. And I think this is the encouragement. And he's, he's reminding those of you who have put your faith in Christ. Look what he says in verse 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, Again, this is, this is only believers. If you're a believer, you are filled with goodness. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. It doesn't come from you. It comes from God in you. It is available. And that's why we need to walk in step with the Spirit of God. So whether you feel Him or not, whether you feel His goodness or you don't, if you know Christ, you have it. Exercise it. Live in it. Continue to be surrendered to God to allow him, and that's what he goes on to, 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 uh, to say here. Full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. That's why we need to not just keep God's goodness to ourselves. This is why relationship is so important. That we allow God to, to work in us and work through us. And to be a part of that. And so as we think about this, you know, and just the emphasis that, you know, goodness comes from God. And, and it comes back to a reminder of salvation as we, as we take a few moments to, to, to come back to the Lord's table. To be reminded of Jesus' death, of Jesus' burial, of his resurrection. That our goodness comes from him and him alone. Not from us. And so let me read a couple verses here as we uh, prepare our hearts uh, to receive the Lord's 
uh, table from Matthew chapter 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of of sins. He was making it very clear that there is forgiveness of our sins only through the spilling of Jesus' blood. His death is what paid the price. And that's the reason we gather. That's the reason we live. That is the good news that we have. And so as we take a few moments um, as a body to to celebrate the Lord's table. And uh, we have a table in the back and a table up here. You can bring your offering as well, invite the worship team, or at least Dave's going to come up and uh, just play, you know, uh, quietly and just give you a few moments to just reflect, be still, be quiet um, uh, to the Lord as we uh, reflect on God's goodness through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. God, for what you have done for us. God, I pray for these few moments that we would be reminded. God, that we would know your goodness. As we come and take these piece of bread and, and, and a cup that are, that are symbols of the work of Christ that happened 2,000 years ago. God, that we would be reminded of the work that you've done in our hearts. That we would worship you for your goodness. And so, Lord, help us to, to think and to dwell on you in these few moments that we have. And God, we thank you and praise you in your name. Amen.
Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Stand together and sing. Where sin runs deep. Your grace is more, where grace is found, is where you are, and where you are, Lord, I am free, holiness is Christ in me. song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay and when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay Try not to do songs for worship songs that aren't what we call vertical. And if you don't understand, singing uh, either us to God or God to us. Uh, this song is clearly the other, and I don't want to get all into geometry or whatever it will be, but horizontal. Uh, this song is from you to the person next to you. And so we don't normally worship this way, but it's an appropriate song when we're talking about God's goodness living in us and us showing it to others. So... Uh, Join me at this song if you if you can. Don't have a job. Don't pay your bill. 
won't buy you a home in Beverly Hills. Won't fix your life in five easy steps. Ain't the law of the land or the government. Well, but it's all you need. And love will hold us together, make us a shelter to weather the storm. And I'll be my brother's keeper. waiting for you knocking at your door in the moment of truth when your heart hits the floor when you're on your knees and love will hold us together make us a shelter We're not. 